Hello, everybody, and welcome to Throllers. I'm joined, as always, by Chris Reynolds. How you doing, Chris? Uh, spectacularly well. Happy to be here. Got a whiskey in hand, and I've uh, got a bit of a big potty to get through tonight. Yeah, there's plenty to talk about. A lot happened this week, so we better get straight into it with uh, the the event that was on last weekend, the Inverley Open. Uh, you weren't able to make it, but I was there, and uh, yeah, it was it was Inverley for sure. Um, it, it was windy, and it was tough. Uh, it was a lot of people's first time, including mine, playing the the new white layout. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. Like, I think it's really cool. It's, it's definitely not just the reds. It's still very, very tricky, very technical, and still a lot of distance, even though they take off a fair bit of it. But I feel like a lot of the changes where this big distance taken off, it really makes your tee shot, say, more demanding or more technical. So cool. yeah, it's hard anyway. I, I I definitely recommend it to uh, to anyone who can get out there. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think a lot of the uh, disc golf public have been scared off by Inverley's stories, but with them running with you know red, white, and gold now, and some of the work that Luke's putting into the course, I think if you live in Victoria and you haven't played Inverley yet, you're uh, doing yourself a disservice. A hundred percent. Yeah, the, the whites, if, if you don't want to tackle the golds, the whites are still a great one to, to get in and you can still kind of get your ass handed to you by Inverley, but not so bad. And the reds are a lot of fun, so you can just stick around on the reds. And as you mentioned, they've done a lot of work on the course. Uh, I'm sure you would have seen some of the photos. It's looking really good. Whole, yeah, whole 10, they've got their, um, the two layers. They've got two layers of retaining walls, so it's two flat sections now on that hill. It's really cool. So if you sort of short your shot, it hits it hits the wall instead of maybe skidding up. Um, so but if you get the right height, then you're looking good. The dam's there now, and they've changed some angles on that. It, yeah, it's really cool. And that the um, the pyramid, what they've got for one of the ones on hole eight, I believe the basket for hole eight, hole eight like yeah. a pyramid. Yeah, yeah, going through the log. It's really cool. Uh, nice little yeah. walkways. They've got really good tea signs for all the white stuff now as well. Um, yeah, lots of cool rock work they've done to to really set up greens. Like it's it's looking really professional. It's really cool. It's definitely definitely a top notch course. And yeah, if you haven't been out to Inverley, get out to Inverley and play it. All right, so as an endorsement if I've ever heard one. Yeah, exactly. So let's get into some people who did play Inverley. We mentioned that we were excited for Dave Perry, and uh, we believe it when we, we saw were. it. Oh, do you believe it now? I believe it now. Oh, he killed it. It was crazy. He absolutely slaughtered the whites. When we're looking at the scores, I was like, surely. He's playing the Reds. Like, how has no one noticed that he's playing the Reds when everyone else is playing the Whites? <laughs> he went uh, nine down, and he took a double bogey on Hall 18. So he was 11 down through 17. And I can't wait to see the footage because uh, I was told what happened. And to me, it sounds really stupid. But other people seem to think it's possibly the play. Uh, and he's much better than me, but... Uh, for, like forehand roller out of the gap on 18. Uh, the white tee gets you sort of off to the right and maybe halfway down the, the gap of the normal tee. 
Yeah. It's a little hyzer all day to me, but apparently for Dave Perry, it's a forehand roller double bogey. <laughs> but none, nonetheless, 1014 rated first round and basically just stood on the throat of anyone else who was playing and just reminded everyone else that uh, Peaches is the second highest rated player in Australia. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we, we said it. We said it was his to lose. Um, and, you know, it was always, you know, if he rocked up, he was going to win. And uh, he rocked up. Oh, yeah. 11 strokes clear of second place. That second round, he managed uh, an even, which is very good in those conditions. And even ended up rating at 9.86 on Inverley Gold. Big. Gross. <laughs> Uh, and then after that, we had uh, our very own Aiden Howard, who put himself in with a spectacular event. It's definitely not the course I thought he would shine at. So another one I just cannot wait to see the coverage for, because as you very well know, Chris, that you need to throw a lot of different shapes at Inverley. But mm-hmm. uh, somehow Aiden has done it with flat power hyzer. Yes. Um, unless he's all of a sudden added some crazy flippy shots to his game. But, uh, yeah, he must have found some lines that we've never seen, and he looks like he stayed very clean, and he put together two very solid rounds and got himself a beautiful second place. Yeah, Only 11 uh, back at Dave Perry. Yeah. I mean, if you ignore that part, it's an awesome performance. Um, and, it you know, it was a, a little bit above his uh, rating, and yeah, good little taster. You know, it's a field of um, you know ten plus MPO and you know podiums, podiums and podiums. So welcome to MPO eight. Yeah, for sure. And both rounds above rating at Inverley is like unheard of. Yeah. Uh, and then my man Gareth Morgan, my guarantee for the weekend that he would come in the top three, did not let me down. Uh, he drove over from Adelaide. Uh, he went to over. Thursday night, he drove from Adelaide to Gambia, and then Friday morning played a couple of rounds at Gambia, and then drove to Inverley, met me, we played around <laughs> on the whites uh, with uh, Nate Parrish, and uh, yeah, got a little little sourced up, and a bit of a barbecue going, and a bit of cornhole, yeah, a lot of fun, and then we, we ended up camping the night, and yeah, he, he killed it, very hot round for him, we got a very hot couple of rounds mm. for a podium finish. Podium finish without a birdie in the second round. <laughs> yeah, big. <laughs> like, he did just most a, of his work on the white. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, again, that's just a testament to the difficulty of the track. And, you know, obviously Dave Perry's even coming out at 986. But, yeah, just imagine podium, podium in MPO without a birdie in a round. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> that's very wild. That's a good spot by you. Yeah. And... Then the uh, the Tim Bohan and Leo Dykes battle was a tight one again. Timmy gets the edge by one stroke over young Leo. Well, I feel like we've seen that script before. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Leo is going to have yeah. to uh, try to shake that off for the for the next one. See if he can if he can get that Tim monkey off his back. Mm. And then your boy Ryan Michelle nowhere to be seen. Uh, nah, not T5. too bad. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was pretty happy Three that tip, especially after the white. Yeah, after the whites, he he was uh, podium after the whites, 
And I was like, oh, I've done well here. That's a good call. Picking the bloke at the bottom saying he'll he'll shake it up. But um, yeah, good performance by Ryan Michelle. Nah, very much so. Uh, and then the FBO, we had a battle there. We had uh, Huss uh, battling out against Cassie in the end, and it went to a many-hole playoff, and uh, Cassie gets it done. So back on the, the winner's board for Cassie there. Pretty solid scores too, um, by the looks of things. Um, like they've, they've rated him pretty well. Um, eight, nine, two events is uh, solid golf. Yeah, definitely. No, very good out there as well. And another playoff we had was in the MP40s, which was a, a big surprise to me. So TD Chris Hart up against Ruben Berg, who we touted last week as you know one of the best players in Australia now. And yeah, went down to the wire. They were both plus six. I played with Chris in the uh, morning round. He was fantastic. Uh, a couple under par on the whites, uh, which I thought was amazing. And uh, yeah, managed to hold out just enough on the... On the golds, but yeah, another many hole playoff that Ruben got it done. So bad luck to the TD there, but a very very good event. Yeah, uh, chalk up, chalk up another W for Ruben. Um, below his rating, but um, a W is a W. And then uh, in the MA one, we we had a bit of a shake up. Our boy Hardy, who we talked about last week, was out. Taron came in. And then Matt Hill came in, and it was chaos. I was like, oh, okay, Matt Hill's in. That's absolute lights out for me. Uh, and then we played the white round, and I'm telling you now, I didn't play very good golf. I hit a lot of early trees, but a lot of very good upshots and hit a few big boy putts uh, to sneak in and even. And that was good enough for two strokes clear on top of MA1, and... Just for a little bit, just maybe until I ate my lunch, uh, a boy could dream. <laughs> but then after I ate my lunch, I remembered we were about to play Invali Gold. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I'll definitely lose now. <laughs> and uh, it was a lot more of the same. I still hit a lot of early trees. And instead of having to throw like a peach of a 70 meter upshot. I now had to throw like a 130 meter upshot <laughs> and I can't do that. So um, a lot of early tree, pretty good shots, bogey. Um, no big blowouts really, just a lot of bogeys. <laughs> uh, even round for me in the whites and then 12 over for the golds. And I'll look back on some of my scores, 12 over is pretty standard for me. So I'm not even mad at it. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, managed to sneak out Seb in the end. We were both having, like, a real shit off for a while. Like, we just both bogeyed all of the holes. Uh, and then we actually got to hole 18, and I parted for the first time in at least six rounds. Uh, and he took a double bogey, which is my standard. And that basically stitched it up. So, go me. Podium finish. Podium finish. <laughs> we'll take podium's it. A, podium's a podium. <laughs> but um, to the people who actually played well, it was, uh, yeah, Marcus and Matt Hill. Both played pretty bad in the whites. I don't know what happened. That's way below their rating. So um, not sure. Don't care. I beat them. Um, and then in the and in the golds, it was just, man, that was so much better than me. It's wild. They both threw a few different shots that were just absolutely ridiculous. And um, 
it was I think it was Matt Hills to win, and he just choked on some putts late. Like oh, I think hole one and two and three. I think he maybe missed putts, uh, and he lost by three strokes. So um, yeah, tough. But yeah, Marcus played really hot, really consistent, really smart. One of the early holes, he got into some early deep trouble, and then just pitched out and I was like I would have definitely thrown like a roller there um but yeah he's he's very good at disc golf and it was fun I'm seeing you shot a plus three uh on the golds with a triple bogey um yeah I'm struggling to find outside of David Perry anyone that shot better than a plus three on the golds no it was Um, fantastic he was really good Yeah, yeah he was really good and it just begs the question, what are you doing the whites? How did he shot one worse on the whites? Sorry, mm. one better on the whites than the golds, which is crazy. I went yeah. 12 strokes different. <laughs> yeah, David Perry <laughs> went nine strokes different. Yeah, exactly. So Yeah. Yeah, it could have been a very big victory by him, but uh, yeah, still very good. Matt Hill hasn't played in what feels like three years, but uh, any time you beat Matt Hill, is still, still great. So good on you, Marcus. You pick his brain about nationals? Who's? Matt Hills. No. Nah, what was about Nationals? No. Nah. Oh, oh yeah, I'm you cur- said he I pulled out, didn't you? I swear he was on the sign-up, but I reckon he's called out. Mm. Yeah, I'm curious to know. Nah, I forgot about that. We were talking uh, Vic Tua, but we'll get to that a little later. Sounds like a later segment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then another playoff. It was playoffs galore. So Emma and Georgia, we were struggling to pick between them when we did our tips, and they came out a tie. But uh, Georgia won in another playoff. So, well done, Georgia. I think that's two in a row. So, they said it was karma for Emma pulling out of one of the tournaments. So, that would have been the one Emma won. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Luke Pope getting it done in MA40. Hot first round, and that's all all it wrote. Um, We actually had a really good car. I was with Pody and Chris Hart in the first round. And... After that, I was on top of my division. He was on top of his, and Chris was on top of his. So I was like, "Oh, hot card!" Look out! But yeah, yeah. they both they both managed to keep playing well. <laughs> Actually, Pody and I played the exact same round. We went even plus two, but uh, it's just a little bit easier in MA40. There you go. How far <laughs> off are you? Well, I would have won MA40 with him. <laughs> oh, how off oh, 40? Yeah, six years. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm going go. going straight to MP40, baby. Let's go. Yes. Um, our boy Cranny, too good for the old men. Um, only by a couple strokes over Terry. So this is how this is how Cranny stays down in that under 900. I think he just every once in a while pops over to Inverley and gets torched. Does enough to win, but keeps his rating below 900 just to not arouse suspicion. <laughs> that's smart smart golf and uh, <laughs> we spoke about the local boy Ben Hicks in MA2 but then just gave him no love we're like no 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 Stoyle win but uh, now nah, local boy too easy and Stoyer yeah. oofed <laughs> big oof it's a very uh, Stoyer. Geelong Geelong heavy podium right there ben definitely Mettings Troy um Pretty sure they're all obviously pretty close, kicking around an MA2 together like all the other baggers um, and having a bit of fun. 
Mm-hmm, 100%. And now something we don't see every day, Anita Weber did not win. Wild. What? I feel like she's on like a I thought it was ten- a title. <laughs> yeah, right? She's got to be on like a 10 <laughs> tournament win streak. But, uh, yeah, uh, Kim Michelle, a couple strokes better than her. So, well done there, Kim. Is this uh, Kim Michelle yeah. not to be confused with Kim Mitchell? Or are these oh, different sorry. people? No, no, no. Well, it must be Kim Mitchell. Sorry. I'm not as Well, familiar. yeah. That's, well, I don't know. No, I may be on wrong. Don't quote me. No, it me, definitely is. It's, I feel it's, like... It's Matt and Kim. It's the Kim. It's the... Yeah, it's Matt and Kim. Kim. Yeah, I feel like it's meant to be a T, but maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? You know how good I am with last names. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then, not to be outdone by Georgia, Lewis Penhall got it done in MA3 in one-stroke fashion over our boy Mitch Evers. My tip, Mitch Evers. Yeah, and then one extra over mine, I see. <laughs> yeah, we're all right there. So yeah. we might have to kneecap Lewis uh, later on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Dave Gannon, pretty good round on the on the golds, but yeah, not so much on the whites. So strange one by him, but we'll let it slide. Uh, Snapper Scott took out MA4, and our boy Reese was uh, yeah, down in fifth. And I don't know, what do we have him as a... Oh no, we no. He's done well though. We had him as uh, he's the top of the sub eight hundred crew, right? Exactly, and he's performed at eight two seven. Yeah, no, no, no. We're on the money. Never mind. Onwards and yeah. upwards, Reese. Back and back in us in, and he he got it over your boy Mark Rifle. He did. <laughs> uh, and then no surprises him? here, <laughs> Don. Well, there was surprises actually. Say in the juniors. Don Carter gets it done in the end, which we all expected. But after round one on the whites, Tobias Weber was four strokes ahead of um, Matty Pearsall. Yeah. And that is not something you see every day. So much better. Tobias is on a charge. He must be. Yeah, um, he really is. He really is much, on a charge. Much better round on the golds for Matty gets it done you know yes. like he, he fought it back and, and and won pretty comfortably but yeah tobias is definitely one to watch out he's starting to mix it up with these boys so very exciting times big, um, big, big. good recap al big yeah event. one thing i would like to talk about so i was like i said i was playing with the tds and i'd asked them about whether they were looking to run like a big event in invalid because it's it is such a good course. There's the ability for camping and things on site. Uh, it's just sort of begging for a massive, massive tournament every single year. A la eruption was sort of my thinking. Yes. And they said that they have plans. So when you play hole one, and then you cut across and play hole two, and then three kind of pushes forward again. That whole pocket over there past one. There's lots of space, and even once you get you do those par fives, and start heading back, it's it's all that whole area out there. There's there's lots more course, and they seem to think there's plenty of space, and they have plans for a a easier nine that they could mess around with, or maybe an eighteen. I think it might have just been a nine, but it's looking like it could be a disc golf mecca in Australia with 
you know, three really quality courses on the main one and a separate course, a place where you could legitimately host 200 people and, you know, have them broken up on the couple courses for different divisions and things like that. Um, I don't know if they have those big dreams like I have for them just yet because at the moment it's um, it's sort of slim pickings with who's doing the work. I think uh, Chris Hart did most of the admin stuff and then Luke Pote did most of the physical work because uh, Hardy was just battling with a couple of things. And I don't think there's too much more after that in terms of consistent help. So hopefully that can pick up because it could be a really big thing. And it's just a shame that such a good course like that doesn't have a consistent tournament. It's going to host the Vic Open this year, uh, next year, I should say. So that'll be a nice big one and you know, lots of people will get to enjoy it. But I feel like there needs to be something there every year. So hopefully we can work towards that. Now that gets yeah, me thinking. That sounds even super exciting. More. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. That gets me thinking even more <laughs> to what is Australia's best tournament. And for me, it's the eruption. And I think when we say best, we need to start defining some criteria. So I want to put this out to firstly you, but then our listeners. So what is the best yeah. tournament in Australia? And what yep. do we use to judge what makes a tournament good? Like what makes it the best? So for mine, it's the eruption. And I think like that's the first thing that came to my mind. And I think the way that that separates itself from the other tournaments that we play is course and attendance. I think that's my... You know, besides small tournaments where you can camp and fun and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But for majors, for me, I think the course quality and the attendance are the two main criteria I would use to decide best. And I think consistently every year the course is incredible and there is a massive, massive field. Cool. Yep, I think people are voting with their feet and... Uh, the data doesn't lie there in regards to the eruption. For me, and I don't know if I've said this on this podcast before, but for me to be the best tournament in Australia, there really needs to be a community social side. So you alluded to the fact that smaller events have the luxury of doing camping and maybe a shared lunch, et cetera, et cetera. And obviously the big major type events do not have that luxury, but um, any sort of camaraderie that is um, enhanced and developed through functions that the TDs put on in conjunction with their tournament, for me, separates the best tournaments from the other tournaments because otherwise it's just a competition. And quite frankly, outside of a couple of flogs in the MPO, there's not many people who are in this game for pure competition. Um, I think we're in this game for the community and I and I... I also agree that eruption is the best because they do that side of things phenomenally well the players dinners they do with the ace race uh, which i was obviously lucky enough to chalk up a w at uh, last year and and all of those type of um, arrangements and they have like the pub night and etc etc um for me that's what also separates it from the rest no, that's very true. They do, yeah, the Friday Night Lights and the uh, Tower Throw, and they do a lot of cool 
extra stuff to make it fun. But yeah, this is where I think Inverley could really separate itself. So like I know um, what's the course over in WA that's amazing and they do the camping and have fun over there. Pine Lines. Uh, yeah, Pine Lines. But I just don't... Like I feel like you still need to have a level of attendance and WA just happens to be on the other side of the Australia compared to the you know the most of the people that play the other side the other side of the world basically <laughs> yeah uh, so they're just gonna it's I think outside of maybe a nationals they're gonna struggle to try to get that you know 150 170 that are showing up to eruption but I feel like Inverley could it definitely could it could be like a big festival they could have food trucks coming out there like it, it could be wild but um. Yeah, now I'd love to hear everyone else's thoughts on what their criteria is for a good tournament or the best tournament in Australia and, uh, yeah, what you think it is. I might even put this out on um, uh, shenanigans, Australian Disc Golf shenanigans too because I think a lot of people might have some, some thoughts that I would love to hear. Yeah, brilliant. People will be vocal in this space for sure. All right, so on to the Ruffy Social Day, which I forgot to not register for <laughs> i mean like de-register de for because i de-register yeah yeah i signed up originally and then uh we had a full street league team and have done a lot of disc golf lately so i thought no no, no i'll just take a sunday off and be at home with my wife um but then yeah i forgot to at 11 o'clock when i woke up you're like uh i saw a message from you like why did you why are you still registered <laughs> like whoopsies <laughs> So sorry, whoever ran it. Um, my bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah. what did you see at the uh, social day that you liked? Uh, a lot of things. A lot of things. Um, obviously, another good turnout. Considering the forecast was potentially quite moist, so we had fifty-three come across the two rounds, which is another awesome turnout by the Eagles. The conditions, like you described it, Inverley, the conditions were not that favourable. There was just. Yeah, wind without being gusty, but strong enough that um, I definitely putted with the pig um, at times um, on a couple of the greens that were quite exposed. And if you go down the leaderboard, you will, you'll notice lots of pink on metrics. Um, most players were finding their way to a bogey or two. And I, I could guess that some of that was on the green because obviously it's a very short track. Um, but yeah, there was just enough wind about to kind of wreak a little bit of havoc. Um, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, uh, obviously another well-run social day, a couple of names, uh, on the leaderboard that have to get a shout out has to go to Joel Stuckey, um, formerly known as the Ruffy Bully. Um, I do tell this story that I once went minus 13 on the old layout on a card with Joel who went minus 11 and much to his disgust, he never got the tee box, um, but the guy does know his way around Ruffy. Oh, and yeah, for went minus, sure. Yeah, my, minus 10 in B grade. Um, the grades no longer show on metrics, but yeah, he was like, I don't know, was it like seven shots clear of the next best? There might have been eight. Uh, in oh, his it would have had just, Yeah. Yeah, outrageous. Um, Marcus went out early in the early round. Uh, Marcus, a bit of phantom. I, I, I've never played around with this guy, but he. Um, what jumps out at me now is he has a handicap of one point five. <laughs> yeah, he's like, so good at it. How social that? Yeah, yeah. Mine's four point oh eight. Yeah, like 
it's just crazy. Like he shot better than me, but he's lower on the leaderboard because of the handicap. And it's just like, yeah, wild. But anyway, he he set the pace at minus eight, and I thought I thought that would take some catching. Well, when I got there, I was like, oh, it's windier than I thought. This will take some catching. He did that with a double bogey. Um, but Aiden Aiden must have heard me think that and said, hold my beer, and um, went and just proceeded to dominate, shooting a minus 13, and then took great pride in telling me after the round how he missed three putts inside five metres. Um, so, yeah, Aiden slayed. Yeah, um, what a weekend for name, him. Second in MPO and then neg 13 at, at the social day. Damn. Exactly. But on the top of the handicap leaderboard goes none other than someone we shouted out earlier, Tobias Weber. Um, so clearly on a charge, couldn't have done just over Joel Stuckey in like by the skin of his teeth, closely followed by uh, Janet Ford Adams. So that takes out their handicap leader. So a great round by Janet. Um, and at the other end, some less familiar names, um, other than the fact that Ryan Deer finds himself third from the bottom on the handicap board. But uh, you possibly don't know this, uh, depending on if you bumped into him or not, he gets an absolute free pass because earlier that morning he ran a half marathon. <laughs> yeah, I did hear that. I was, I was like, why is Ryan so crap? Like, what's going on? And then I was like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Very so, impressive by him. Yeah, so partakes in the Melbourne Marathon, obviously just the half, and then proceeds to play Social Day straight um, and then followed that up straight with the Street League as well. Um, not a bad active day. Love to see his step count. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nah, sounds really good. Pretty decent day too for yourself. And then uh, Peter Chu with a bounce back. I feel like we were giving him shit last time he played for uh, for losing the plot a little. But nice fight back for him. And Taron Anderson, hot score next seven. The, yeah. the man is one of the most fluctuating players. It got to be the most fluctuating player in, the, in our club. He's yeah, easily. Um I will just quietly mention for anyone that listens to our podcast but somehow doesn't turn up to social days, the Ace Pot was sitting at a cool $830. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, it was It was honestly <laughs> tough saying I was going to sit that one out. But <laughs> I was, I'm very glad it didn't go off because if someone aced it, I would have been, I don't know, in my own head I would have been like, well, I would have aced it. <laughs> if they got it, I would have got it. <laughs> So, yeah, it's going to be close to $1,000. The, yeah, the next on the calendar is Melton. So, oh, if you're hungry for money, you've got to get to Melton. Oh, I know. It's probably on when I'm at eruption or something stupid like that. When is it? Little Brian Creek, Saturday, November 4th. Yep, cool. Sweet. Won't be there. <laughs> Love it. You. <laughs> That's all. I'll be in eruption win, winning that. So, that'll be fine. But yeah, as you mentioned, Joel Stuckey, that's cool. I haven't seen his name in a really long time. So uh, been good a minute. to know. It yeah, has been good to a know he still got it. Uh, um, and then, so anyway, yeah, I took my attention through to the um, the the league leaderboard. Um, I was like, oh, I wonder how that's shaking out. Um, don't mind me. I'm scraping into top 10. Um, but Ryan Deer obviously won the first half, and he is currently a top of the leaderboard for... Um, the second half as well after putting out his eighth round. Um, Penn, um, good stat outside of the first Heath, uh, the Werribee one, hasn't missed one in 
11 weeks of um, social days and he's sitting in second. And then Peter Chu, that's your leaderboard, um, followed by Aiden. So that's that's just such an interesting leaderboard this deep into the season. Yeah, for sure. Has Aiden got his eight rounds in? There, that was his uh, – no, he's at seven. Yeah, okay. That makes a bit more sense. It definitely uh, – yeah, I'm not surprised by the Peter Chu and the Penn – Spot's been really high up there because they've both played a lot of disc golf and they've both been playing really, really well. Like, it's, yeah. it's hard. There's only, like, I know we're going to get eight, but there's only, what, like, 14 or something? 16? Maybe for yeah. the... Yeah, I feel got, like it used to be, I feel like it used to be six. Eight feels yeah, like well, a lot. It is. Like, I, I remember I had a look at the start of this, uh, this second season because in my head, I had like a few good rounds in early. And I was like, you know what? I might make a charge at this. But I realized that one or two of them might have been the end of that last season. And I was only on like two or three. And I'm like, oh, I could have got four or five, like five or six more in. I'm like, that's not going to happen. So I was like, oh, I won't bother. But, um, it's tough. Yeah. You got you to gotta show up if you want to uh, if you want to win the, the league championships. Yeah. So after that, we had the street league. And as I mentioned, I woke up at 11 a.m. with no intention of showing up to Rafi Lake. But I get messages in our group chat. Narada was still well out partying, <laughs> well into the night. And he's like, hey, making it. So, uh, <laughs> correct. <laughs> so, yeah, I stepped up. I said, oh, I know what? I'll, I'll come out. I had a quick look. I knew that I was only going to have to play against, um, oh, what's his name now? <laughs> I've lost it. Honey, remember, remember your opponent's name? <laughs> no, exactly. Janka. Yeah, Tommy Janka. I had, I, Janka. I did know, I did know that I, um, I snuck ahead of him. Let's just say at Inverley, so I wasn't really too worried about how things were going to go at Ruffy. So I said, oh yeah, sure, let's go. <laughs> uh, and it turned out to be a pretty good day. It did. Uh, it really did. For the absolute pounding that our team took the week before, it completely switched around this week. Yeah, Craig and, bounced back. Craig bounced back. Oh, all-time bounce back. What do we go? 5-1. 5-1, yeah. Whack. Whack. So you were versus Dazza at the top of the table, and I was very, very excited about this. I got there late, which means the UDIS didn't happen, which means I had no idea what happened. So <laughs> tell us, tell us about it. Uh, ring a ding ding, ring a ding ding. I like, I know you, you pat me on my back for my minus seven, but the minus seven was a bit flat. You know, getting smashed by Aiden first by six strokes. I wasn't, I wasn't exactly up and about, but um, I was looking forward to the dad's battle. Um, and I proceeded to start bogey bogey. Um, and he went two up, two holes in. Um, so that was not ideal. Um, and then after six holes, he on hole six, he takes a nice birdie. So it would have been our hole nine um, or our hole eight or something like that. Anyway, he goes three up and we've played six holes. And I'm like, okay. Um, but then I went uh, three holes later, we're dead even. Uh, I go bang, bang. Yeah, I go bang, bang, bang with three birdies in a row through 10 to 12. Um, and um, then it was game on and it was backwards and forwards. Um, he'd win a hole, I'd win a hole. He'd win a hole, I'd win a hole. Um, we'd, we'd 
level holes on birdies. Um, it was, yeah, it was a sick battle. Um, we, we finished on, um, we played hole 10 and no, must be one and two to finish. We finished on one and two. Yeah, that was, yeah, we finished on hole one and two. We both put it to like seven-ish meters on hole one, um, but then both jagged the putts. Uh, Daz has got the box at this point. We go to our last hole. We're dead even, so we're playing 18 holes of golf in match play, which is always exciting. Um, he's got the box, hits the tree, finishes at about 12-ish meters, somewhere between 12 and 14, circle two, but not deep circle two. Um, and I, yeah, fling me nuke OS as you do on a 50-meter hole and hmm. put it to about put it to about five meters uh, so uh, Daz had to run the putt uh, misses I jag mine and I win one and done big love it love to see it yeah and uh, um, you were got it done. With, had to putt yeah. with the pig had to putt with the pig and the uh, the pig came in clutch in the wind nice good I love to see that love a pig putt yeah and uh, Brennan two up over Stoyer Similar story. Sam was out of the box. I tell you what, this was not looking good for Tupac Shakura early on our card. Um, yeah, Sam just went out of the box early. Um, Brennan, who I've seen him do this um, up against, who was he up against last time? Oh, Ryan Deer. He was making putts just to like level holes because like Sam was parking things, but then Sam was still just like birding everything early um, and making things very difficult for Brennan. Um, but it was a bit of a, a cream rising to the top situation. And that also went to the 18th hole because um, um, Brennan got one back on uh, what was hole 18, then hole one they leveled. And then so Sam's one up, uh, sorry, um, at this stage, Brennan was one up with one to play. So they had to play hole 18 as well. Um, but Brennan has the box and he puts it to three centimetres. It was like just the most clutch drive ever. Um, and so, yeah, Sam had to step up and try to pull off a James Conrad because, yeah, he could not have been more parked and he could not pull off a James Conrad. And so, yeah, Brennan got it done, two up uh, and done. Love it. Uh, Tell us about Tommy your Jake card. Could... So I know obviously, yeah, you, you you smashed Tommy, but what were you with the doubles? What, who else was on your card? Yeah, I was with the doubles. Uh, mine and Tommy Jankar battles was not exactly riveting. We both played Emily the day before, and uh, we both weren't super good. We, I yeah, I definitely got a couple on him taking par, and he definitely got a couple on me taking par. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we only pushed one or two holes. <laughs> something it was pretty bad and um and the one we one that we definitely did push was hole 11 and we both just drew through peach drives just beautiful laser beams but other than that it was yeah it was mostly not great disc golf um i definitely did take a few birdies and and, and uh yeah throw a few more but four up with four to play for me and then almost aced whatever hole that is hole four or something and then um yeah he didn't so five up with three to play thanks for coming al <laughs> keep that keep that perfect streak alive four from four 
And then, yeah, I was on with uh, Johnny Martin and Jace Wiedner against Ash Wiedner and Chris Koo. And our boys got one early, and I was thought, that's just it. When you're the bottom doubles and you're one up, you just win. But it actually went back and forth a little bit. Some big parts made by uh, both teams. And in the end, there was just too much coming on uh, from Johnny and Jace. They were good. And Jace stays undefeated as well. Jace is three from three, all doubles wins. But the man's just getting it done. Going going all of them going in as the underdog. Oh, definitely. Well, he's the lowest rated competitor in the competition. So he's always going to be the underdog, I think. But but no, yeah, he he comes to play when it comes to, uh, when it comes to the street league. So I'm, I'm glad he's on our side. And yeah, uh, the other one, I am not sure. I didn't really hear too much about uh, Sam versus Taron. But uh, our man, our captain, stepped up and got it done. And I heard that Kyle and Matty F just pantsed Brett and Tim Ware. Like, it was three up, but they said it wasn't really close. They just played so much better. And I'm starting to see a little pattern here. I'm interested to check the stat pendos. That's a little later on. But I feel like Matty Farina... When he's getting his wins, they're quality wins. He, and Ooh, he fires up. To having a look at that. Yeah, I think he seems to fire up for the for the match play because I don't think he had the best social day. But sounds like he played pretty well. So um, the captain's standing up for the right swipes and everyone else falling down. I think they were undefeated and then have now have two losses in a row. And I think they were pretty substantial <laughs> losses both weeks. There you go. Um, which um, is probably a good segue into the leaderboard, which I um, did just post onto the um, socials. And as he says it, he can't find it. Oh, here it is. <laughs> um, yeah. So now all teams um, are sitting on two round wins. Ring it wow. in. And yeah. Honey Badgers lost their first two. And then I think they pantsed two in a row, and now they're the only team that are up, right? <laughs> Everyone else is uh, in the negative for the matchups. Yes, so um, yes, like, correct. Yeah, <laughs> which is wild. Well, they're, tw- so, yeah, 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 they're 12 9 3. Nice. So um, it looks but yeah, like they're, um, they're on 27. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, they got 27 points, uh, closely followed by us on 26. Um, then the right swipe soon is 21 and the Warriors at 20 and the BMX track still sitting on two points. <laughs> yeah, he loves that, Pen. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Aiden Howard in, just kept his dominant weekend up with a win over Josh Smith, three up. Ryan Deer, yes. too much for Oscar. I feel like Oscar just keeps getting screwed. I, every time Oscar plays, I think he plays against like the hardest people there is. So... <laughs> Um, four up for Ryan Deer. Uh, Martin Go with the lone win for the Warriors over Tim Pollock. A split for Peter Chu and Barron. And um, yeah, the doubles partner of Penn and Brett getting it done over Mitch Evers and Tim Stevens. And the other double pair, we don't have a, uh, <laughs> it just says Dave Gannon versus Jack B, but we don't. We don't know who the other person is in the doubles, I guess. So. No, they played. No, they played a they played a Mulligans doubles match. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Yeah, they were 
they were both were playing short, so they just played a Mulligan's doubles match. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very nice. All right, so you got the stat pendo up for round four. I do. What, what, uh, what's there that you like? What are you seeing? All right, so I'm going to go straight to uh, go to his notable stats for round four. There's a couple of things in there. First of all, he's updated um, his system to be inclusive of um, the latest rating update when he's doing the win quality because you alluded to before um, Matty Farina, and you're right. He's lost er, He lost a match he should have won earlier in the season, which is hurting his overall win quality, but his last two Ws have been... Um, yeah, over 100 in win quality. And as we said before, 100 is kind of like a break-even. Um, anything over 100 means that you are, you know, winning a tough matchup. So um, I don't have any wins that are in that purple category. And he has two. So you're right there to notice buckets. Um, it was a week of dominations. We won 5-1. The other team won 4-1, um, surpassing the previous best domination. The mercenaries can sin- continue to suck. So this is pretty good. Um, where are they? They have a total win percentage of 16%. They have three wins, 12 losses, four draws. Um, so the mercenaries, you know, we, we kind of touted it as a bit of a pretty exciting thing. These guys coming in, repping whoever they want, but they're just not bringing the juice. That's what the data's telling us. <laughs> yeah, it looks um, like uh, maybe they're just not as emotionally invested in their teams as we are, potentially. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, again, the the team that you would put your money on to win has won. Um, and for the week, it was seven of the eight, uh, seven of the eight oh, sorry, total matchups across the season so far have all gone to the team that you would expect to win. Um, David Gannon sets the record for the biggest rating upset. So uh, you noticed it there with Jack going three up against Jack. That is, there was a 62-point rating difference there. So that's a huge um, giant killer there for Gannon. And Brunsting, this is this is the stat I want to get to, right? I'll leave that for last. Jason Wiener in doubles with Johnny Martin wins three up. Um, underdogs over Ash Wiener and Chris Crew. This is another mercenary lost curse. Or is Jason Wiener the golden goose? Um, there were reports that maybe there was some sandbagging going on there. Maybe his brother was helping him chalk one up. Who knows? No, 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 no way. There was some very good trash talking between the Wieners. Ash was given plenty. <laughs> good. Jace is just the golden good. goose. He's the lucky charm. So, obviously, you mentioned yourself, as you should, um, being undefeated, but this is what Penn has noticed. Alan Brunstein continues his undefeated streak with a five win up over Tom- Tommy Janker. Alan has yet to take on an opponent more highly rated than himself. Is Alan cooking with gas or is he being fed fried chicken? I don't set the matchups, mate. I just got to beat the team that's presented to me. You know, I'm in the three slot and, uh, you know, our big dogs come to play. So if I end up getting matched up against your four or your five, that's, that's on you guys. You got to get a team that shows up. And I think one of my weeks I was in the two slot. So, I don't know. I, I'm i only beating who's in front of me. And what I will say in your defense, um, Sam Stoyer, who um, is the only number three slot that is lower rated than you across the um, the teams. Like, Tim Pollock is higher rated than you. Josh Smith is higher rated than you. It's just other teams aren't showing up. Like, it's not that's not on you. I don't think that's on you. 
No, I, I agree. It's uh, Some people just don't handle that street league pressure. And I, what was that? I eat it up. I eat it up like a, like a chicken dinner. I hate pressure for breakfast. It's a metaphor. <laughs> exactly. <after>. Okay. <laughs> uh. Oh, nice. All right, well, thanks again for all the stats, Pen. Um, yeah, it's looking good. There's nothing else in there that stuck out to you? Um, no, just that mercenaries need to uh, lift their game because I don't know with a couple of big yeah with a couple of big events on the radar on people's calendars and whatnot. I don't know what attendance will be like um and the upcoming events. Yeah, I know it's going to get a little squirrely, I think, but um yeah, yeah. we'll see we'll see. Um, all right. So speaking of a little bit squirrely. We're back with some chump tips. Now, yes. um, Jace Wiedner, he, he pointed out uh, that it seems to be every time I play with him, I seem to find some chump tips. <laughs> but I will mention that uh, he was not the person that I spotted doing this today, uh, on the weekend. So we've spoken about laying up. And if you're laying up your drive, you're going to do it with a purpose. Aim nice and low and, and deliberate. So, people didn't really take the hint, I guess, that when it comes to laying out putts, when it comes to laying out putts, you have to have a similar mentality. So, we were playing on one of the very hilly greens at Ruffy, and someone went to lay up the putt because their partner's shot had gone awry. Like, went for the, the drive, and it's hit the ground and rolled away. And they just threw a lob, lobbed up Heisery Boy, that like an you know, player layer. Yeah. If it was flat, <laughs> sure. Like if it was flat it might have rolled away. But it just hit edge and then went off to like twelve meters and of course they missed those butts. And then our boys took a hole with a par. So when you're laying up your putts, it has to be the same mentality. You can't be putting them floaty in the air. You just need to find a spot on the ground and you gotta try to get your disc to land flat or match the angle but be very deliberate about it and if you're laying up then it doesn't need to be anywhere near the height of the at no stage should your putt ever be above the cage if you're laying up a putt like this was from like 10 meters 12 meters <laughs> so that's uh that's my chump tip this week is uh yeah very deliberate low layout putts there's no point having anywhere near above the basket love that love that all right as i do i'm going to step in with my little uh abbreviation of the chump tip um i will just add that there is just no such thing as a half go all right if you're in two minds about the layup and the putt um and you are playing at ruffy or you are playing at palmina you were just you were playing with the devil all right commit to your decision-making and back your judgment. Do not go, oh, you know, I gave it a half run. Oh, that's why you took a double bogey because it rolled away. Don't give it a half run. Lay up or give it a full run. There is no in-between. Perfect. Yeah. And this segues into really well because uh, I think we've got a half run tournament coming up. So the Melbourne Cup traditionally is a two-round event for the club but this year i think they're being a bit more casual with it and i'm not mad about it 
they're doing a flex start. Basically social day, I'm guessing, right? It's only one yeah. round. Yeah, yeah. It's metrics. It's not PDJ, yeah. Yeah, and so you just grab anywhere between two of your mates and five of your mates and get a card together and go play, I think it's one of the two courses, right? Bald Hill and, and Melton, possibly. And Melton, yeah. Yeah, and uh, anytime you want between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. and away you go. And I think that's a really clever idea. Yeah, free for club members. Um, yeah, away you go. Registration's on metrics. Um Go do it. Yeah, I love that. Might even, uh, I think I'll actually be in town for that. Yeah, and I think I think I might also be in town for that. I think I might have put a call out to the boys earlier today. And uh, Jacob seemed keen. I'm waiting for yourself and others to show any sort of interest. Well, honestly, I was like, I'm at Gambia that weekend, but it's, it's Tuesday. I don't know. I, in my head, I was in Gambia, but I'll be back. So, um, I'm yeah, I reckon I'll be there. Yeah, I think sometime between eight AM and eight PM. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know why they set that time because, to be honest, I would have. I know you're not a morning guy, but I was going to then say I'd be keen to play like the crack of dawn boys. Whenever we want to play, let's go play. <laughs> well, I yeah, did read yeah. on the rules that it had to be between eight and eight. So anyway, it has to be between eight and eight. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right, and so I mentioned earlier that I had spoken to Matt Hill, and yes. we had some good chats about the Vic tour. Yeah, so please. I still won't go into a lot of great detail because we're still working out some things. But um, yeah, I think we'll have an up like a solid update for you. Hopefully, pretty soon. We we need to lock in, or at least get some close to possible locked in dates for next year's tournaments, which sometimes is you know it's hard. But at least if someone can commit to a month then uh, we can sort of get a bit of a calendar sorted. But yeah, we're looking pretty good. Uh, I think we're pretty close to locking down divisions and it's going to look a lot more like the Thrower's non-vitational setup than it is you know, any other setup. So small divisions and I, I, I dare say there's not going to be special divisions. I think it's just going to be ratings based. And we will have a lot of tournaments, I think, um, to be able to choose from. I think we're going to be able to push some of the clubs to potentially expand some of the existing tournaments to make them a little bit bigger. And, yeah, we might even sneak out a couple other, you know, sort of mid-sized ones. And it's going to be free for everyone to be able to participate in. And, yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting, I think. It'll be, you know, your best how many tournaments out of the... 10 or so that will be able to be listed on the Vic tour. And yeah, I, I think it's going to be good. I'm, I'm quite excited for it. I think Matt and I are both uh, right on the same page and I think we're going to push pretty hard on this. Love it. Love it. Um, you know, with your enthusiasm and Matt's organisational skills, I feel like uh, you may make a good team. And I'm, I think it's definitely going to be a step in the right direction, whatever is the case for 2024 it'll be a step in the right direction and uh i'm sure the hype train will get going yeah well it's a hundred percent going to be better than this year i can tell you that so that's that's one step in the right direction for sure <laughs> yeah um all right we'll touch on our good friends over at park media i saw yes. they were doing a giveaway it looks like they got some pretty cool gear from ozdis and heiser fight 
Correct. And from a post I saw recently, I don't think too many people got around it. So we no. try to hype them up a little. Um, it seems like all you need to do is take a video of yourself putting, right? Yeah. And with the extra daylight hours, there's no excuse. I think all we really need to make clear, and they've tried to make this clear via social media, but I'll just repeat the message. Ash kind of demonstrated the competition and he demonstrated it terribly well to the point where I watched it and was like, cool, I'm not going to enter because I can't make more putts than Ash. But what they've since released is that Ash's video is not an entry. Like, do not use Ash's video as a example. He admitted to me that that was the 51st take that he did and he regrets doing it um, because he did make a lot of putts from 30 feet. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, well, uh, Youngblood Roche put in a pretty solid one uh, I saw today, but still very beatable. So what is it? You just got to get to 10 meters and you got to hit as many putts as you can in 30 seconds, right? There's there's no limit. It's not like you have to hit, you know, 10 out of 10. You just throw disc after disc after disc. Exactly. 30 feet, 30 seconds, away you go. Bang. So get around it. Uh, get onto the Park Media Socials. I think you possibly have to tag Heiser Flight, Ozdisks, and uh, maybe the tee-off. I can't remember. Look on their socials and you'll see. But, yeah, it looks like a cool little giveaway, so get around it. Good. Good plug. And if you're in the chats today, you would have seen some shenanigans happening with two of our beloved courses. <laughs> you're yeah, you're around this. What was going on? Yes, I so, am. I, should, I was so, so lost. From what I can make out is uh, at Bald Hill to start off with, the the club had reached out to the council and told them that since all those trees were getting cleared, we were throwing a lot of discs towards the picnic area and the playground and that we might need to do something about that for hole 10. And it looks like they just picked up the whole D-pad and dug a new spot for it and just chucked it in off to the right so now it's a sh much shorter hole but it looks kind of technical and fun yeah and you just with the angle you're throwing away from the playground so um yeah i guess problem solved yeah i guess so i really like toll tents so that's a bit of a shame but um yeah definitely we need to keep the park safe so that it doesn't get taken yeah. away from us but yeah i'm keen to try out the new hole 10 what and, I liked about hole 10, yeah. the old hole 10, was the fact that I could birdie it, and there's not many birdies on the back nine. But looking at the <laughs> new hole 10, I feel like I can still birdie that. So there is still a birdie on the back nine, so that's fun. Yeah, 100%. Originally when they said it, when they said it was moving to the right, I was still thinking in my head that similar distance, but now through the trees, and I was like, oh, of cool, we'll just make the back nine harder. That'd be great. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it looks like they... It's potentially a little easier or kept it the same. So it should be good. But uh, someone said that we, we basically need to scrap all of the course records now. So Ooh. all the course records are for the old course. So congratulations to who, what, Dave Perry, who has it? Yep. Potentially. Probably, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah like be, 14 yeah. or 15 or something stupid like that. But yep. now it's a whole new course, so... People can get out there right now, and I think Doug put in a next six. That might be the new course record. I love that, Doug. That'll hold for at least a few hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Uh, and then in Ruffy Lake, we've had a mix-up as well. So the council apparently doesn't want us throwing to the right of that tree in the middle of hole 2 and 11. I'm guessing uh, that must be where the path is coming down to. And so they've put a mando on that tree left. So now we have to throw our discs into the snake forest. Yes. Mandatory. Yes. <laughs> um, so I think Dave voiced his concerns on that. He was doing the people's work and letting the council know, I understand where you're coming from, but that sucks. <laughs> we don't want to throw over there. And they were like, yeah, well, too bad. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting for the final social day of the year, I think, is it Ruffy and um, club champs will have around there and... It's definitely not my line, I can tell you that. So yeah, um, definitely not my yeah. line. And I birded I birded it on the weekend too. Not with that Me line. Me too. Me too. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. Interesting things getting uh happening on our courses. So we'll see how they Yeah, we'll see how they all go. Alright, we've got to start getting to the end of this thing. We've been talking for way too long, but we can't not do our player radar. And uh we like it when a player reaches yes. out to us to ask to be rated and surprise surprise the guy that's had by far the best weekend this weekend Aiden was like you know what maybe if you wouldn't mind like throwing us a rate that'd be I'd probably be okay (laughs) Uh, (laughs) he hit us up so um we've got to we've got to do our player radar on Aiden so um what's uh what's our categories what are we rating him on all right, so we got driving, putting, mental game, and card vibes, and uh, apparently you've uh, you've got us lined up a special category as well. Yeah, definitely. So we we've had a couple of people help us out with this, and there was a a great suggestion for a special category. It's stiff that we're not going with this one. Um, the suggestion was ability to share the love slash money at Tuesday doubles. Um, and I don't think he would have done very well on that one because he wins it every single week. And we had uh, a couple of suggestions that it it had to do something with the enormous peach, the dump truck that he carries behind himself. And uh, yes. so I've, I've come up with something that I think we're going to go with. His special category is ability to sit comfortably in economy airline seats that's a long one for my little table here but i'll try to type it out <laughs> oh yeah true i Got wasn't it. thinking about that <laughs> uh, so that's his special category ability to sit comfortably in economy um oh, yeah. all right you want you want to kick us off I do. With, I'm just uh, uh, with typing all, typing all of that into myself oh yeah yes all right. <laughs> well I'm i ready. can kick all us right, off where, right. no i go no I'm, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. All right. So, um, we'll, again, we won't mention. I'll get us starting with uh, driving. And I'm happy to throw in some audibles here as well. Um, our special guest has voted him in at 4.5. Uh, no one else can get turned out of a glow car who is a comment here. He's got regular 140-meter distance, and he's got a reasonable forehand too. As you've kind of alluded to earlier, um, he does rely heavily on the power hyzer, um, and maybe there's a bit of finesse missing there that's holding him back from the 0.5. Um, 
but the control he has, both backhand and sidearm, and the distance is exceptional. Um, and yeah, 4.5, uh, yeah, comfortably a 4.5 in my opinion. Yeah, my my guy's going to 4.5 as well. It says biggest thrower I know. And uh, yeah, I, I'm so, so close to giving him a five. If I ever saw him, if I ever saw him throw one fairway driver that turned to the right for even half a second before it ended up finishing left, then I probably would have given him a five, but I don't think he's ever done that. So um, yeah, still very, very good. 4.5. The, the man throws a disc. Yeah, um, definitely. And then, oh, parting. Parting was a spicy one. We got a few people messaging and we got a few different numbers here. And I we haven't did. played enough rounds with him to to really have a good idea of the putting. So I'm going to have to sort of take a, a bit of a rough mix of, of the people that voted in. And... I think I'm going to go, I'm going to land myself on a 3.5. But there were some pretty big swings depending on who you asked. Yep. Mm. Um, okay, I like that. I'm going to, my guy definitely went a lot lower than that. Um, and I've I've spoken to Aiden about putting actually recently. A couple of weeks ago, I spoke to Aiden about putting. And I'm going to... Hey, I'm going to throw an audible in. My voter wants me to vote 2.5, but I'm going to go three purely because um, he took me down in the street league the other week and he took me down basically because he made every putt. Now, what I will say is that he was very vocal in the fact that he likes putting during street league. He does not like putting um, during social days or any sort of PDJ event. Um, and so I think that kind of speaks to the fact why we got such a mixture of scores coming in for him. I think there's a, yeah, he's, these puttings up and down, but I've gone three, you've gone 3.5. That's a 3.5 in our system. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then um, mental game. What do we got here? Um, we're going to go with a four. I think it was pretty consistent with our voters there. Uh, he plays better when he has trash spoken to him, apparently. So uh, four for a mental game, keeps it together, which I'm a little yeah. shaky on now that you mentioned the, the putting, <laughs> that he doesn't quite like to putt in certain things. But uh, we're going to go with our, uh, our special guest judges here, and I'm sticking with the four. Yeah, I think um, I'm also going to go with four as well. Solid, happy, joking. Even when he's not doing his best, he's like a bit up and about and he likes a bit of the banter. So um, going both ways and he can be a bit cryptic. So um, the mental game, um, I'm also going to go with four and I don't think he lets the bad putting round get to him. And so um, mental game, I think, sits nicely at a four. Ah, that's good. I can, I can definitely respect that. Yeah. So card vibes? 4.5, very fun to play with. Um, alluded to it before, he can be a bit sneaky and a bit intellect with his razzing. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, he like I congratulated him on his minus 13 at um, Ruffy and he couldn't sneak in fast enough how many putts he missed. Um, and yeah, uh, 4.5, good value. So <laughs> my guy is gone. 
fair bit lower. I think I'm going to call an audible here, but uh, one of our guest judges has given him a two. Says he loves him, but he's a little toxic dog <laughs> that talks <laughs> that talk shit to me when I was like one month into the sport. He's been playing for years, but still felt the need to trash talk me <laughs> to get into my head. <laughs> so I, I feel like if I was on that card, I would love that and that would be hilarious to me. So uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with your one. I'm gonna overrule my guy, and we're gonna go with uh, whatever you said four four point five. Four point five, boom! All right, this is big. Because, this yeah, puts him is, on. He is funny. He's this. He's currently on sixteen point five. And what's uh, what's top of the leaderboard? All right, um, nineteen. He he needs just oh, a two okay. and a half to to match me. Jesus Christ, you got. You got scored way too well. Just quite. I did. I was. You guys were very generous. You definitely scored <laughs> you me on guys, my goal for the. Yeah. It was Darren. <laughs> um, well, his special category is uh, ability to sit comfortably in economy class, and so I'm. I'm kind of making all this up. It's all kind of on feel here because I've never taken a flight with him, but I've never seen I the man on, on a field. flight. <laughs> I've uh, I've never seen the man on a flight. I feel like he only goes to tournaments in which he can drive to, and I imagine it's only because he assumes that that giant dumpy he has will not fit into an economy class seat. So I have to go with a zero there. He, there's no way he can oh, sit comfortably. Oofed, fair, fair, but oofed. Um, I'll back you in. I, I've I, I've got I've got up close and personal and. It's large, um, and yeah, I don't think he could really sit comfortably in economy. No, it has to be a zero. Now nah, there you go. Bad luck. He's just yeah. That's where the power comes from. But them's the breaks. Um, that oh, this is perfect. That um that brings him dead even with Daz. The Bald Hill Bullies could not have could not be separated on our leaderboard. They both land on sixteen. Excellent. I like that. I don't yeah, know if Aiden just, will like that, but yeah, he's um just uh, just to clarify, it puts him um a point five behind your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie! <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, let's yeah. do some spotlight, not light, so I can go to bed. Yes, please. Um, uh, have you got anything for us? Kick I us don't off. know if I've got an. I don't know if I've got a not light, but I've definitely got a spotlight. Um, my spotlight's going to go to Melton Council. I feel like I mentioned Melton a lot on this podcast, but I have to mention him again. Um, watch this space, but there's a PDGA event imminently going to happen um, out at Melton, and it, it, it could be uh, very affordable, potentially even free. Melton Council want to sponsor the entire event, uh, including. You know, trophies, food, players' packs, the works. Um, they just could not be further behind disc golf if they tried, and they absolutely deserve a spotlight. Melton City Council. Love that. Yep, now very excited for that one. I'll uh, definitely, definitely be getting around it. Um, my spotlight, I think it has to go to um, the TDs at Inverley, Chris Hart and Luke Pote. Both played fantastic on the weekend and both put together a very, very nice tournament. Like I said, everything looked fantastic. It runs smoothly. Uh, I will say that Chris Hart needs to get uh, get some, some uh, what do we call it, players meetings lessons 
from our man uh, Reese Circuit because he he does <laughs> they are def- they are definitely on different ends of the spectrum. But uh, it was a very okay. enjoyable weekend all the way through. And um, oh, this is what I should have. I just remember this. This should have been my spotlight. Sorry, that's gonna be my honorable mention. My okay. actual spotlight was uh, it goes to Gareth Morgan. Not only did we have a mint time camping on the weekend, he came a podium finish in his first ever MPO tournament. And then at, after the conclusion of it, he took out the ace throw off, whatever you want to call it, where we all stand in a line and take turns throwing a disc from 50 meters and then 40 meters and then 30 meters. Um, there was a bit of a gimmick where if you bought cans, he could sort of move ahead at, at specific times and, and he used his strategy wisely and he got to about 20 meters and canned a putt for, I think, 700 odd dollars. So, um, yeah. Boom. So not only did he get 120 odd or something for uh, Invali, he then got 700 odd for making the 20 meter putt. So uh, well done to him. That's my spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. Good spotlight. Any not light? Oh, do I ever. Did you see what Blake Nichols did? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. So, Blake Nichols, uh, I think he shot even round one on the whites, which was fine. Like, that was not a bad score. 937 exactly on his rating. And then, oh, boy, you need to look at his whole scores. For oh, yeah, I'm looking now. Gold, I'm looking now. The gold round. Yep. <laughs> oh, he, I think he started, like, double bogey, double bogey, double bogey. Like, it was hectic. I don't know what happened. But he just got annihilated by Inverley. So I think it was a plus 17 round. And he had a couple birdies in there, right? Yeah, two birdies. Two, two birdies for a plus 17. Um, yeah, conversely, I had no birdies for a plus 12. So yeah, 861 rated, well below his rating. And I, yeah, I just know what happened, but he needs to get a big fat knot light, I think. Ah, deserved. Well done. What about you? No, nah, no, not likes. No, not likes. Didn't oh, see anything I didn't I like. like. That. Yeah. Now, nah, sounds great. Cool. All right, well, thanks for sticking with us, everyone. Long one this week. Um, yeah, we'll see how we go next week, but there's always something to talk about. Yeah, and there's always <laughs> the playback speed on Spotify. You can always make it sound like chipmunks if you really want to. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Peace out.